Hello everybody, welcome back to Bota Worldviews and Culture with an Albanian American perspective. Today's episode, mindfulness type of episode, kind of getting into learning about mindfulness and I have with me someone who's really trying to portray wellness and mental health and um, mindfulness in a way for our culture to understand it a little bit better. Her name is Alma and she also has this um, page. It's called Note the Now and that's where she talks a lot about honing in on your self and your awareness of what's going on around you. So I'm excited to kind of talk to her about how she got into this, a little bit about her uh, background and her story. So welcome, Alma. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. And I, I've enjoyed every conversation with you even before this. So I'm excited. Yeah, same, same. Uh, I really love talking to you. And I feel like every time I hear your voice, I don't know, I just feel like calm. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. My husband says I got a voice for YouTube videos, but haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) This is a stepping stone maybe for you to like, yeah, maybe (laughs) get there. Tell us a little bit about you, you know, your background, where you're from and I am Albanian, born and raised. Uh, I was born and raised in Tirana, um, the neighborhood called Mr. Mame between Kombinat and Selit, I think. Um, my parents, my mom is also Gostirona, <laughs> born and raised in Tirana. Um, my dad, uh, is from Tepelina, very bunchor, sicithonato. And, uh, yeah, but he, he went to Tirana very young, like 16. So very city people, city girl, um, got finished my middle school, my high school there. At 21, uh, I um, I decided to take on this um, volunteer work, um, and you get assigned anywhere in the world. I happened to get assigned in Salt Lake City, Utah, and this work was all about serving others and not about yourself, which completely transformed me and. Um, and I think made me a better person. So that's when I started to work with myself quite a bit <laughs> um, and was the beginning of everything else. So that's a little bit of um, a summary of my background. But um, yeah, I finished my high school at our Ben Brodzi. I got accepted in the university in Kamas there for business agriculture. But then I left to do this uh, volunteer work and um, and returned home to Albania uh, for a year after that. This volunteer work was 2010-2011 and uh, after eight months living in Tirana, it was very hard to find a job. So I tried Pristina, lived there for a few months with some Pristina girls, <laughs> which I love them. Uh, tried Pristina was fun because it was new, but it was a little rough. Um, uh, yeah, so it was rough. And then why was it a little rough um, when you were first? I think for me it was rough. I thought I would be accepted as an Albanian, you know, because 
I always got the sense that uh, Kosovars would embrace Albanians, but living with them, they were very tight with each other. And uh, I felt quite the outsider. Uh, they were respectful and kind and they were helpful when I needed help to find a job. But I tried to open a kindergarten there and <laughs> it was very, very blueprint moment for me. And I was giving my um, business cards out. And this lady that had a pretty well-known kindergarten, which I didn't know anything about, takes me out for coffee, you know, that a drink. Um, and uh, she basically made it clear that get out of my path, uh, mm. you know, very nicely and kindly. Like there was an aggressive, it was very professional, but she saw me as a competition. And um, anyhow, but um it didn't seem like I was receiving a green light in Kosovo. So I returned. And when I returned, I kept researching jobs uh, based on my experience. And since I was 14, around 14, 14 and a half, I worked for American families that serve in the embassy in Tirana, their neighborhood, and I would babysit there. So I always have been American culture and I remember Albanians would watch Italian shows all the time and music, Italian music. I naturally I wasn't into it, so I would always watch like Lassie or <laughs> those classic American movies. Mm -hmm. And I had a father that dreamed of America, so I think I got brainwashed very young. <laughs> <laughs> when I got here in America, I felt like I fit in the way mm -hmm. I was in Albania. I got in trouble in neighborhood or in school for speaking my mind and following my own heart and soul. So when I got here, I was like, well, this is the place like when people let you be you, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I liked it at 21. But I came to America as a nanny in 2012, August 2012 in Virginia very nice area and the family I was working for worked for the U.S. government at that time Obama administration and that's when the biggest challenge of my personal life not the family where I come from started so mm -hmm. and that led me to where I am today but I'll tell you one by one <laughs> <laughs> wow that's so interesting that you had those very different experiences, like, you know, being raised and born and raised in Albania mm -hmm. and Tehran. And, you know, you knew that lifestyle, you knew the life. And, but you also had experience here in America, you know, when you did the volunteer work mm -hmm. um, and then going back and kind of seeing like, oh, this is a little like different and it's difficult. And obviously mm -hmm. one of the biggest downfalls of Albania is lack of employment opportunities. You know, it's hard because how are you going to make a good life or a good living? Yeah. There's no work or people don't want to hire you because they don't know you or it's all about who you know. <laughs> yeah. And one experience that really made me uh, research for jobs outside of Albania, this was in Muslim Shur. I'm sure you know the street. It's pretty famous. And there was a store called American Avenue store uh, and they would sell like possibly American clothes, right? And after working to serve others, uh, my heart had become so invested on people's well-being and uh, honesty and loyalty and kindness and things that I wasn't 
taught so diligently in Albania, you know, I was taught to be good, you know, but not to the level I was taught and needed to be to do this volunteer work, right? So when I went back, it was very hard. And in this particular app job application, a Muslim sure for a $200 a month job, you know, like, which it is very, very little. This lady, the manager told me, she said, if you are not devilish to sell people anything yeah. and, and not let them get out of the store without something, you cannot work here. Um, and just just that like request of being devilish for me was it. That was it. I was like, I mean, she could have said it differently. She could have said it. You need to be sophisticated. You need to have customer service skills, et cetera, et cetera, which I mean, it is to help the customer or convince the customer to buy a product. Yeah. But the way she said it and presented and it was very aggressive that for me was like, okay, well, I've worked to become a better person and not do such thing to force every, everyone to buy something, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not for me. And I was like, I need, I need to look somewhere else. And that's where I got the nanny job because having the experience as a babysitter since 14, I loved kids. I grew to love them. I grew to learn from them and it just I created a very deep bond and connection with kids which became also like the field of my job till I went to college so it was yeah. wonderful and and I got stuck with it and I wanted to get stuck with it because it was very healthy for me too I think so what did you go to college for like it was here right in America yeah it was it was yes uh, so I studied industrial organization or organizational behavior psychology oh, wow. so it's a mouthful kind of mm -hmm. name but basically what it is is it's psychology you apply in the workforce to take care of people to not get to the point of burnout mm -hmm. to build trust uh, in company good communication between departments assessment needs like tests that you run things like that so for the well-being of people in the workplace hmm. basically so have you been working doing that like since you've gotten yeah well I did that in college for the career center of my college of the university for three years and then I did two years in the HR of my college the human resources office and I was the development training specialist so I would train professors and office workers in administrative offices of the college and students that work for the college as well. That's really cool. Like, I think that's a, definitely a much needed area or sector in the workforce because in America, like, it's all about work, 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 right? Even though you have like nine to five jobs, it's like a lot of companies or organizations want you to keep working overtime or, mm -hmm. you know, even though your salary, like, well, just yeah. keep going, even though you're only getting paid yeah. for this amount of time. It's good that America is so capitalistic, but it does cross the line of greed and well-being. So I like to have a balance of like work and life. Like I don't want to just sit down at the computer for like 10 hours straight. Like to me, that's mm -hmm. not satisfactory. And a lot of businesses, especially nowadays with this whole work from home thing, it's gotten even worse. 
you know, people are stuck to their computers even more because like they don't have a drive. They're like, well, I'm here. I might as well just work. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you're working. But, but then it's not, it's not healthy, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It is very true. And uh, well, we did study when I was in school, especially the professions that get burned out the quickest. And it is in medical field. So in this coronavirus pandemic situation, I have really thought a lot about them and how much they're going through. And it is America, it's great in a lot of things as Albania is great in a lot of things, but also America has her downfalls. And uh, my husband and I talk a lot about this because he, we are the same like you, like we don't, we don't want the nine to five job. We don't want the job that is only about money. And then when you have money, you don't have the strength to enjoy that money. So we want to enjoy life and moments. And he is into the same lifestyle as I am. That's why we clicked and started dating and got married. So live in the moment, live in the present. That doesn't mean that you don't think of the future and you don't work strategically and you don't plan, but you enjoy the moment as much as possible rather than be so greedy and so money oriented that you lose that time and time cannot return yeah. you being 25 years old can never come back you know or you being a new mom and a new dad is not yeah. going to come back you can have a third child but it's not going to come back with the first child you know what i mean and we were saying that america has all the means to do what some scandinavian countries do that give a year leave paid leave they america does have the means but america is so caught up in greedy and material gain and have more and more and more and become rich and richer rich and and um and my husband has a pet peeve he hates american garages that are full of stuff (laughs) and people don't even know what they have you know he's american born and raised american and and i'm like i get it dude like Uh, when I got here I was shocked I'm like you don't even know what you own like what's the point of you going working another 20 years to do the same thing so it's unawareness Mm. let's jump on unawareness you said one thing that uh, um, I was thinking about when we talked was are Albanians the last one to become aware of wellness and uh, self-awareness and mindfulness no they're not you have millions and millions of Americans that if you want to compare, maybe they might have better education, they might have better, more convenient life, more comfortable life, or they might have the means to go and get classes and get more educated about this, but they don't, you know, why? Because priorities are so personal and you cannot change someone's priorities if they don't want to. So if an American has a priority to just make money and to buy a bigger house because he's keeping up with the Joneses, then that American is not going to invest in awareness. Mm. For Albanians, maybe they don't have the money. They have to work two or three jobs so and they have to pay the bills and they have to feed their kids. So he doesn't have the commodities to go and learn about mindfulness. He's in the survival mode. Mm. So they are both doing the same thing, but for different reasons, you know? So it's, yeah, Albanians are not behind at all. Uh, I think some of Albanians actually are way more advanced. Uh, when I've op- opened my pages, I open my pages to help and to just offer people what really transformed my life for the best. And I realize how much they know and how updated they are and 
they are not behind at all, in my opinion. But I haven't been in Albania since 2015, so. <laughs> I do feel like that Albanians do have a sense of awareness in what's going on around them and about what they want and how they want to achieve a lot of different things. So, because we have that perseverance mentality. We do. You know, mm-hmm. that's a really big thing that we all have, you know, to always strive for something. And maybe it might be because of that survival mechanism that we're always mm-hmm. <laughs> had to deal with that we have to survive. So to survive, you know, you have to keep going forward. You have to keep moving or, you know, you're going to get stuck behind. Absolutely. Yes, that's very true. I agree. Do you and your husband do like like a minimalistic lifestyle? Is that something? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My husband is way more... Um, I want to say extremist (laughs) Uh, and I will tell you why. So I was born and raised in Tirana uh, in the buildings of Tirana, which are very small. Europe is, Europe has a very small living. So for me, it wasn't an issue. And I had a, in America, my mom could be considered OCD, but in Albania, she is applauded for being so clean. Nikochire, Mm -hmm. that's how they say it, (laughs) you know, so um, So I was raised to have things neat, organized, to have what we needed, not more, not less, you know. Well, sometimes we did have less because we were poor, um, started poor and got in the middle class of Albanians, you know. But um, so I when I got here, I was shocked how much there was. Uh, and how many choices, which is not a good thing either, uh, to have so many choices for the mental health and a lot of other behavioral reasons, which are scientifically proven. But my husband is an extremist because it comes from a very typical American family that my mother-in-law, even to this day, has all of their stuff, you know, and um they are seven kids and my husband is like if you don't need it just throw it away mom or whatever but I think she has sentimental connection and it's very hard for her to let it go so my husband when we got married started donating everything he honestly owns like maybe three Mm -hmm. t-shirts and two or three pair of pants yes (laughs) he is he is and and he wanted to get me so extreme but then when our son came um I was like I can't like I need to have what I need to have and we actually did not buy any clothes for our son till he turned like nine months so it was all given to us or thrift shops Mm -hmm. and we are into sustainability too uh, working on becoming better I I cannot be a preacher I think we are new at that too so yes we are like my son has the minimum he, Mm -hmm. he needs to we have what we need we like to live in within our own means and then the rest of what we make, um, we put it in investment or other areas that mm-hmm. could secure a better future, but not in material stuff. Yes, correct. <laughs> I think that's good. And to a certain extent, I remember a couple of years ago, I was yeah. trying to do like the whole minimalism thing and we mm-hmm. got rid of a lot of clothes and things like I just don't use. But then you get into a habit again of other things start just getting all around the house and I'm Mm -hmm. in that middle ground where like, I like to save certain things for memories. You know, I don't want to throw Mm -hmm. things. I will. I'm not afraid to like toss everything in the Mm -hmm. garbage. I remember like even growing up, I would do like a clean sweep of my whole room. You know, for instance, like I would toss Mm -hmm. away or donate lots of clothes and things every like maybe year or so. 
but to that whole like extreme minimalism thing i'm like that's just too much but i can understand when there's so much clutter and it's like that clutter like clutters your brain exactly yeah it's like it's like there and you're just like you don't even know why it's there or yes i think that's where the problem yeah it doesn't mean like there's too much clothes or stuff it could be just just random papers everywhere and i'm like (laughs) yeah and but you you have such a good practice you said like every six months or every year you you go do that practice and that's what it is minimalism is so like personal like someone could be minimalistic in a completely different aspect for example another way of minimalism we're trying to practice is like buy what we need what is necessary and not and if something can do three other things like let's say a cup of water for example can serve me as the cup that I throw the water on my son's head when I bathe him well great just one cup works for two or three things you know why do you have to go and buy the specific things and or the other thing with toys we're finding out which I think is so overly had to say it People, people make you believe that you need toys. No, you don't, honestly. And when I started the Montessori page and we decided to raise our son that way, they were saying like wooden toys. Well, I realized wooden toys would, would hurt him. So I'm like, no one said, said that to me. Like, so you have to find out like, what is marketing? America is fabulous at marketing. So it can sell you anything. It's a science here. So you have to find for yourself and then be conscious in making those decisions. And consciousness, I think it is being portrayed as minimalism, but it doesn't have to be necessary minimalism. You don't have to have only three t-shirts, you know, it's, it's being conscious mm-hmm. about what you consume, why you consume it, et cetera, et cetera, you know, things yeah. like that. That's so true. The consciousness, the mindfulness of like, want this thing or why is it that mm-hmm. you need this thing? Or I've been trying to do that like slowly and here and there. And my husband says I fail at it. I mean, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, but I'm trying. Like, I it's it's a process. I feel lucky that I get a lot of clothes from like my brother um, mm-hmm. and his sister-in-law because they have older kids. So mm-hmm. like they've given me a lot of clothes and I love it because like, I'm not going to turn away. I'm like, these are perfectly good. Yeah, clothes. me too. I'm so thankful and grateful that they're going to give me these things. So I haven't bought really much clothes for my like daughter at all. And she loves those clothes because she sees her older cousins had them once and she to her, it's like a, an emotional thing that's an like an attachment like oh my god this was you know my cousin's mm-hmm. best friend so to her it's like a really important thing so I mm-hmm. think it's amazing and I realized like I don't buy as much clothes and if I do buy clothes I you know there's people that buy clothes like oh they can wear it next year buy some of these deficits are like right in this yeah. moment you know exactly but tell, like oh but we need to make it last for like mm-hmm. but she, you can't even wear it now because it's too big and then next year comes yeah. like I agree I absolutely agree and things change so fast you don't know if what you bought today is gonna I don't know maybe the trend changes and your daughter doesn't <laughs> like that dress what are I gonna do <laughs> exactly. but I wanted I wanted to add something about because I think not only in America but I do see Albanian pages that are so into 
materialistic stuff to buy so much for their kids or themselves and to look good and appealing and Albanians do care Europeans in general do care about mm-hmm. how they dress and makeup and etc it, it's not a bad thing it's a very good thing but it, it's all about in moderation and balance like you said and the other thing I wanted to add is that that money of those clothes or makeup or whatever just because you want to look good so your neighbor can see you, you're fabulous, could go in investments, could go in real estate, could go in so many, could go in a fund for education for your kids, you know, and and you might say, oh, maybe Albania doesn't function that way. I think it does. Like you have banks in Albania, you can open a saving account for your kids. You have properties in Albania, you can buy and you can rent out or you can do Airbnb what else like you can do stocks and bonds and trades from home if you know English and I think most of Albanians do know enough English to do something you can do that and that will give you the financial security and peace which will decrease a lot of other stresses you know what I mean and you can do so many things from home now you just need to learn computer or enough skills, basics, and some English, and you are set. You don't even have to go look for a job as a boutique seller like I used to. And and it's not all about like looks and looking great on Instagram. You know, like don't spend the money if you have them. Don't take me wrong. Yeah, it's your money. But uh, if you don't have the money, be wise with it. Do not spend it on this other stuff that just make you look good because looks come and go and honestly they do not matter in the long run it's it's a hard truth to believe when you are young because I used to be with that mindset but (laughs) now I'm 32 a little bit more mature (laughs) when you hit your 30s you're like wait a second (laughs) (laughs) why did I spend my 20s that way (laughs) and it's funny I always say this it's so annoying how I always portrayed myself in my 20s like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't didn't look good enough Mm. or whatever when Mm. I was perfectly fine like I was great Mm. (laughs) now I'm older and I'm like less of what I look like and I'm more confident so I guess Mm -hmm. that just comes with maturity and experiences (laughs) it does everyone hits those stages in so many different ways and at different time frames Mm -hmm. those are so personal yeah the new age, this new technology and stuff, it does give a lot of opportunities to a lot of people that maybe haven't had mm-hmm. a chance. Because if you have an online business, you don't have to rent out a place. You don't have to mm-hmm. you know, pay a rent every certain month. It's like all about how much you're going to put into it mm-hmm. to make a business. So that's a great thing for you know people that are living in Albania and if they have access to like mm-hmm. the internet and they're able to do something like that. Yes, absolutely. I want to add something to this and and it comes back to awareness. You know, I honestly think Albanians are very love to learn, love education, you know, love improvement. Like we said, they want to have better things. They want to do better. Um, So that is amazing, right? And then you have pandemic, which you think like, oh my gosh, the end of the world, whatever. No, if you apply a mindset that you're like, okay, what are the good stuff that are coming out of this? Well, it's very good that everything is online now. You can do it remotely. Go take a course in Albania. I did a trading school when I was 15. Robachip uh, said that time, you know. But if I was with the brains I have right now, then... 
And I would go because the trading schools are so cheap in Albania, you know? And we're talking for those people that are making enough to live well, you know, not rich, not very poor, that they are striving to just provide the next meal. But for people that make enough, they can afford a social media marketing course, get it, you know, or they can, they can afford to go and improve their English, get it, you know, why? Because that's how the world is functioning today. And, um, and use that awareness in the professional aspect. This is awareness for you to be professionally so marketable at any time in any uh, uh, situation that the world faces, you know? So awareness is not only like about the brain and about the emotions, you know, it's financially, it's physically, it's in relationships, it's in parenting, it's in how you eat, what you eat, your sleep, you know, you can use awareness everywhere. And if you will cultivate awareness in all the directions, oh man, you will do great. That's what I would suggest to Albanians that hear this episode for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. And Americans as well, yeah. you know, um, anyone, uh, I, I'm, anyone. yeah, anyone. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's, you know, as a, as a human being, like anyone exactly benefit from that. Um, but it's hard to, to be just, to, just to stop and take mm-hmm. a moment. I think mm-hmm. that's really difficult for a lot of people. I mean, it's difficult for mm-hmm. me a lot of times. I remember I was talking to um, another girl that did an episode with um, Christina Nicolai. She's a breathwork coach and her mm. about breathing and, you know, to take those breaths in. And I'm like, the simplest thing to breathe, we do it every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like still a struggle, you know, to mm-hmm. really just stop and take those deep breaths. You know, that's the thing. Like, I think our just maybe our my mind or a lot of, minds are just go 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 if I stop like things are gonna pass and I need to just keep going but we yeah. need to learn how to stop and it's still going to be beneficial for yeah. us to do yeah. that yeah I have a personal story that re retaught me this lesson uh in a very powerful way and it has stuck with me in 2012 September 2012 one of my family members went through a burnout and um, if you want to look it up what a burnout is it's basically when your body and brain shuts down because of overwork is it's like a phone or a computer that has overworked and gets hot and shuts down you know and I made a promise to myself because it hurts so bad to see this family member struggle I made a, a, a promise to myself. I said, I will never, ever again force life to teach me some good lessons. And what I mean with that, that situation forced me to stop, breathe, to enjoy the moment, to enjoy the people around me. And I told myself, this is not going to work with me anymore. Like, I'm not going to make life to force me to stop what do I mean with that a lot of people in the world anywhere in the world wait to stop and learn how to breathe and how to like be connected with their own being or nature or with people around them when someone dies when their house is on fire or big sad things happen why do we have to wait 
Why? When we could make the choice consciously and be like, wait a minute, I'm going to put 10 minutes aside every morning to be grateful, to breathe, to write in my journal, to go on a walk in nature and look at the trees, you know, or, or just connect with it or connect with my kid, with my husband, with my uh, brother and sister, you know, why, why do we force life? Uh, this is a deep thought, but I'm going to summarize it very shortly. Life is a way to force us to learn the best things, the best lessons. But sometimes it's painful when you as a human being, intelligent as it can be, you can choose. You can choose. And life then will become your friend, will not, will not be that harsh teacher, you know? That's a big lesson I've learned. As a teenager, I wanted to learn the hard way. It just the way I was, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I wanted to prove everyone wrong or whatever. And then as an adult in college, I started learning consciousness and awareness. And I was like, wait a minute, I can choose. And I did learn. But then this happened in 2018. Again, I re-promised myself and keep, and I have been very loyal to that promise. And another thing that helps you also, jumping on another topic a little bit, gain confidence and self-trust is keep those little promises you make to yourself because then yourself is like oh well she told she's gonna do it and she did so you start connecting with self and you become one and you you are like the best partners and that produces confidence you know and the more you do this the more confident you're gonna become and don't I want to say, don't take confidence or don't mistake it as cockiness. You know, you can be as confident as it can, but you can be quiet confident. What does it mean? You know you are confident. You know you can do that. You know you can face any challenge in life, but you don't have to goof around, not goof around, but you don't have to go around and be like, look at me. I am like, look at how great I am. You know, no, that's, that's not called confidence in my books. That's called just being cocky and full of yourself and it doesn't take you far and doesn't help you with the relationships around you either so those are some big points and but it was interesting you said even you're younger you always want to learn the hard way <laughs> yes <laughs> I don't I don't know if I've done that and I don't think I did try to do that when I was younger because I never liked to like be in trouble or like go against anything. So I always like want the easy way. Like my opinion was like not what they wanted. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like I just uh -huh. like, whatever. But uh -huh. I always tell my daughter, because she's very headstrong. Like she's the opposite of me. Like she wants her way or no way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. I catch myself saying like, you just want to learn the hard way, don't you? <laughs> mm. But that's also a good thing to have that strong. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's. It, I think what is good is knowing when to be like you and when to be headstrong and when to be quiet and when to be loud, when to speak up. It, it's that's that's another skill that takes years and maturity to learn, uh, and it's a process. All of this we are talking about, and everything you have done, and what you're doing today, and what I've done, or other people you have you have interviewed. It's these are processes this this take time and these are everyday thing it's not like you wake up one morning and you got it you know it's a toss and turn throughout the way you know ups and downs and zigzags yeah. it's not a consistent path that just goes up no it's like 
sometimes you hit a hole and you're stuck there for a while and then you get up. <laughs> it's the beauty of, of the journey, I think. And that's what I try to say in my page too. Uh, it comes it comes because of my own personal life. And uh, as I said, like I was blessed uh, in every struggle I, I have faced in my own life and challenge to also be given the right people and the right uh, doors and the right tools, but it wore, they did not land on my lap, lap. Sorry. I was the one to seek them out. And a question that I struggle to answer, and I don't know the answer is why some people make it and some don't like, what's that X factor, right? And to be honest, I don't have the answer, but I've come up with an answer for myself. If this is an answer for other people, then good. But I'm not going to declare this is the answer, you know, it takes just personal application every day. Let's say some people say, oh, she just has self-drive and self-motivation. This person doesn't. Well, this person that doesn't have it, this person could wake up every morning or every night and write, I'm going to go to the gym every day. And if he goes to the gym every day, oh, he will become more motivated than you. You know that for sure within a year or two. You know, so it just takes, uh, I think, determination. If you tell yourself, I'm going to do this and you will fall and you will not do it every day and you will do three steps forward and four backwards, you know, but if you pick yourself up again and say, okay, I'll start again and again and again and again, and you keep going, you will, during this process, you are going to build all the tools you need. And that's what I say in my page. The tools are inside of you. You just have to open the box, start to look at them, and then use them based on the situation, based on the occasion. And and sometimes you might grab the wrong tool that doesn't work for that situation. Well, go back. Don't give up and be like, well, it didn't work. You know, I'm a loser or like I don't have the money or I don't have the school or I was born in Albania. Albania sucks or, you know, like things that I hear in my coaching one-on-one sometimes. No, America sucks too. I have met Americans that have never left their neighborhood, that hardly get off their couch, you know, and and they live in the in a very powerful country that they can have anything they want, you know. But it is it is the person. It's not your nationality that that makes you or breaks you. Yes, Albania might have hardships because of employment, economy, I, I do recognize their hardships. I still have family there. But man, if you do as a person what you need to do, you are going to succeed anywhere you are. And you are going to become so, you're going to fulfill your own potential. And what is potential? Potential is something you are born with. And if you nourish it and cultivate it, it will become bigger and stronger. For example, someone might have been born with the gift of being a pianist, for example, you know, but he he was born and raised poor and parents didn't take him to private classes, but he cultivated that in any shape or form, you know, and the day comes and he can apply that. Well, that's success too, you know, it's very easy for the kid that has parents that pay for private classes. But then that kid hasn't gained the skills of perseverance, determination, being focused, I don't know, having that trust within himself or 
within the fact that it's going to work out somehow, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to build the skill set that will last you no matter what situation you are in or what matter, no matter what situation you were born and raised to. So I think, like you said earlier, uh, maybe because we needed to survive, we developed so many good skills. And I have read some good research that say poor people do have a set of skills that the rich don't. And they usually go and read books about it, but sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. So you have to look at the good you have and not look at what you don't because the poor I think always look like I don't have this and I don't have that well that rich person doesn't have your determination doesn't have your strive doesn't have your focus um doesn't want to go to school you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but you do so it's interesting because when I think of like those two dynamics um when you're saying about maybe the, the richer person and, you know, they they take their kids to a certain uh, school or a certain practice to like learn how to play piano, you know, and then so a lot of times what happens in those situations is like that parent is forcing the child, well, you're going to go, I'm taking you here because it's, it's a good thing for you and you're going to do it, but that child like maybe doesn't like it, it doesn't really care for it. You know, or the parent wants to look like good in, in front of other parents that are rich in the community, yeah. you know? Oh, the kid of the guy is going? Well, my kid should go too because I meet with him every morning for playing golf and I need to talk to him about what you're doing. You know, so, man, there are so many layers. <laughs> so many layers. <laughs> so many layers. So, so don't get to the exact. Yeah. And that's one thing that you ask, like, what, what do you teach in your page? Like, do not compare. Do not compare. Why? Because you never know the layers that go into what you see, you know? Uh, so just do not compare, but focus on your own set of things you have to deal with. The good and the bad, you know? Sometimes we might have been dealt the wrong cards in life, but if you learn how to play the cards well, yeah, you can succeed even with the wrong pile of cards. You can, and I believe that 100%. And I think everyone's success is different as well. So like what your definition of success might be different than what my definition of success is. So kind of also finding what that is, but also doing it in a way that's going to be positive in your whole being in your life. That's how I see it. Because some people say like, well, my success is being a billionaire or a millionaire, but then you're killing yourself like physically or mentally or emotionally to get there. Like that's not a good, to me, that's not a good that's not successful mm-hmm. you have to have like the whole balance as yeah. human like I feel like that's more important than having that one certain thing like money because I feel like that's what a lot of people go towards is trying to have a certain amount of money my husband but he always says like oh you're a free spirit like you don't care about mm-hmm. money or like you're just like whatever and I'm like it's just how I am like I'm not gonna have money control my life or lead mm-hmm. every movement movement that I make Yes, it's good to have security and that money because that's that's the layer of in life you need. You need security in that way. But I don't need money to like be happy, you know, mm-hmm. like or at yeah. That's just how I view, view it. And it's all it's it's a mindset. Yes, it's beautiful. I want to add something you mentioned in the beginning when you start talking. 
everyone's success definition of success is different and it should be different mm-hmm. and uh i'm i'm gonna share here something that i really do want especially albanians but also in america if people think that the taboo of mental illness in america it doesn't exist it does exist there are communities in america that don't accept it and people face suicide because it's unacceptable and it's a stigma but um i personally will speak right now for all the albanian families that were raised by parents that struggled with that and didn't know or i mean in communism what did you know like it it was it was so isolated and in my in my personal opinion and belief in based of what i've learned is that communism sucks out the soul of a human being so i don't blame my parents and i don't blame anyone but there's so much room for improvement so my father uh struggled with mental health but who knew right no one knew what it was well it took years to find out and we found out because we met with people that had studied this and were more educated and do what was going on but we grew up with that mentality of like a okshwe kambura chiptar okshwe kabab dijoy mosashu moskshu moskshu and then with my mom same oh don't don't make it hard for your mom like her marriage is is hard and her your dad doesn't make life easy for her and there was no one or no service to say like oh my gosh what about the kids you know mm-hmm. so that is one of the things that got me in trouble growing up because i would think about those things and i would say them out loud and they were like what just you are the kid put your head down listen to your parents well that created a lot of trauma and a lot of verbal and physical abuse because shua kampura chiptar just listen to your dad let him slap you whatever you were wrong he was right right Well, I was slapped because I got hurt on the ground. What what did I do? Like when you get hurt, you hug the kid. You you help the kid heal, you know, but no, you got slapped. Why did you get hurt? And well, I don't know. I'm a kid, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, well, at 13 and a half, 14, I got in contact with a very good therapist, which I felt sad that she left the country, but uh, for a few sessions. And one thing that she said on that session, she was like, wow you're so insightful and i didn't know what insightful meant i didn't and i was like what do you mean she said well you have this ability to always look at what you can learn from any situation even that is a ugly situation and you are completely justified to not learn anything because you are the kid you were born into this you know and the parents are the responsible people for you but the parents were struggling you know like many and that's when i was like wait a minute well, that's a gift and i did use that gift and i still do and that's another message i want to give people through my page find the gifts and focus on them do not focus on the weaknesses and the and the and the shortcomings we all have them but if you focus on the gifts and the strong points of you the weaker ones will become weaker you know and then they will vanish eventually or they will just be in the back burner right well Then I came to America and I faced other challenges here and I lost my dad when I got here 2 months after I got here. Oh. So I went back to therapy, right? And uh and the family I was working for, the father was going through he served in Afghanistan and he was going through PTSD, 
Well, that started my flashbacks, you know, because he would act with his kids like my dad acted with me. And he acted like that because of other reasons. He had trauma from the war in Afghanistan, you know. So even in America, you think like, oh, only Albanian parents do this. No, everyone. But the circumstances are different. For him, it was a war. It was his job that created the trauma. And then he passed the trauma to the kids and the wife. And I thought he would not do that to me because I was the nanny. But he did. Like, he would... Uh, put all that dysfunctionality that he was going through and struggle on me. So the therapist helped me. I got out of the situation, but a therapist has told me a few, th and I've had different therapists, uh, which have told me kind of the same thing. And uh, she said, if this was an Olympic game or sport, you would get a golden medal. That for me was like the best success ever. But it's a success that is not seen because it, I don't buy the latest shirt or I don't wear the best brand of shoes or whatever. And people don't see that, right? But inside of me, I know and I carry that and I believe that. Why? Because I did sweat to do the work and I did succeed and I did break those cycles and those patterns and, and um, I did learn how to forgive and let it go which these are so important yes uh, and that that's just 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 supporting what you said that everyone's success is different and you need to accept your success embrace it and believe in that because you have done the work even that the world doesn't value it if you compare me to the rich Albanians in America uh, I might be an unsuccessful Albanian in America because I live very simply but that's my choice and that's the life I want you know so, and I, I consider that a huge success. I think those are the biggest successes is when you can understand yourself on a personal level and grow and, and feel like you're able to, you know, understand yourself more or understand the people around you. And I think that's the hardest thing to find success in because <laughs> it's yeah. go and make, you know, money, I think, but to figure out yourself out and figure out what's gonna help you heal mm -hmm. that's what's the most challenging thing and the heal the healing will bring the money too and the rich people might do this work as well and they have I know a lot of rich people that have done the work I have done and they have both they have uh, what the eye can see as success and what mm -hmm. the inner person knows as success you know they have both and and I look up to those rich people. Actually, the way how I got to America for school was because of a rich couple. They, he was a dentist in California, uh, born and raised in California. And he did the same volunteer work that I did in, in America, in Albania. And we became friends. And I would help him get around Albania and learn, learn about Albania. And eight months after I created a friendship with his wife and him, and this is a senior couple, right? Like 60, 70. Um, they offered to sponsor my school. I am educated today because of the rich people, the goodness. Why? Because those people were balanced. They had done both. And they lived very simply. You could, even if you meet them today, you can never tell that they are well off. You know why? Because they live um, very simply and they value things that I think are everlasting them educating me I think it's 
everlasting than buying a Tesla, in my opinion. But people see things differently and value different things and have different priorities. And I respect that. Uh, this is my own personal viewpoint. And it's it's also based in very personal experiences, which could be very different for everyone. But if people can take something out of this is, um, is that all the power is within you and don't seek it outside of you. Uh, do the work, even if you are called not as motivated or driven or, I don't know, thoughtful or insightful or whatever name and label people have given you, you, you can change the narrative at any point if you put the work into it, yeah. Just be in the present moment. And I love what Ed Cartola says. Um, he says, if you are in the present moment, there are no problems. We definitely went over a lot of different things. And I love this. I mean, I could talk about mindfulness and all of this stuff like for, for a long time. But we definitely touched in a lot of things. And you said you do do the one-on-one -on -one coaching, right? Is that something? That yeah, I have. Now I'm switching more to American audience, but I have done it with Albanians. And it has gone pretty good. Um, and it's been also a learning process for me anyone wants to connect with you like how they can do okay. so for right now is just my instagram page not the now and uh being a busy mom so, or coaching albanians then it's the time zone that we have to work through and when i am free they are asleep so it's been hard so i came up with a product uh which is cards that teach them mindfulness exercises and I just launched it today, actually, that product, uh, because I was like, what's the solution of this problem? And the other thing, uh, I'm switching to more uh, uh, American audience just because the time zone matches better. But I've loved it. Um, women are the ones that really want to improve quite more in Albania than men. But I did have about two or three men that we're working on uh, some specific goals to uh, overcome um, nice. things and challenges um, within themselves. So it is inspiring to see that for sure. And uh, what I found out, that's what I was saying, like they always want to learn, even that this was like a new concept. They were like, what is it? How do I do it? Um, how will it benefit me? So it's very inspiring. Uh, I found it very inspiring to have one-on-one -on -one, um, with Albanians. And yes, they can just DM. Right now I'm working with Kosovo Teja, uh, very driven and very willing to change not only inner things and patterns for the better, but also break cycles of generations before her, you know? So it's a lot of work and will take years, but um, what counts is your desire to do it and you trying to do the work. Yeah, well, um, hey, I baby. <laughs> little one is like, it's time for my attention. I know. A lot of great stuff. And I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. And uh, I love just talking to you about all this stuff and more. Um, hopefully, I think I would like to have you on again in the future, because I think we can get more in depth on a lot of these things that we just kind of went over, because we only have so much time <laughs> to go over this full of like oh, so much depth in it 
Um, so hopefully in the future we can do something again and get more into it. Um, but thank you so much. This was great. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Real life. This is real life. <laughs> thank you.